Sheila Zielinski Show, the only show to give you the truth behind the headlines, prophecy, and the deeper things of God. Now, here is your host, Sheila Zielinski. Hi, everyone, and welcome to this Wednesday edition of the Sheila Zielinski Show. Hey, I'd like to get some feedback from yesterday's show. It's a new segment on Tuesdays called Tuesday Newsday. The idea there is kind of a news with views and analysis on up-to-the-date breaking headlines. So I really would like to get your feedback on that. The new format that I want to go to in January consists of Monday, Wednesday, Friday guest, and then Tuesday is a news day, and Thursdays are just going to be myself, sermons, teaching, preaching, whatever you want to call it. It'll be myself just on a topic. And I want to really incorporate video live stream, Facebook Live, Google Hangouts. I want to start doing a lot of visual stuff so and little four to six minute segments. So you can look forward to that in January 2017. And we're not far away from that. And today I want to give a big shout out to Rhonda. She has joined the Weekend Vigilante team. She's kind of my assistant slash social media manager. And I'm just so grateful for some help. So big hugs and thank you to Rhonda. Your help is so appreciated. So we're doing some new stuff. Again, she's handling a lot of my Facebook posts, the Twitter stuff, YouTube making videos. That's been a huge thing. It kind of does make it a lot more enjoyable, doesn't it, than one stable, stagnant picture, doesn't it? I'm giving her a lot of autonomy to kind of do what she wants. That social media stuff can be really time-consuming. And it also gives me a lot more time to go after some really amazing guests. It's really time-consuming compiling lists of new guests and researching new guests and looking at their stuff, going through emails, seeing what people want. And then, of course, ministry requests for counseling and, you know, people's lives are in shambles. They're being tormented. They're in bondages and oppression. And that is really going to allow me to help out people a lot more because that's something I just have not been able to do. I'm probably a month behind just on phone calls alone. I'm a little bit late getting my December newsletter out. I'm going to be working on it into the weekend so you can expect the newsletter, my free e-newsletter. Do sign up for that. You can expect it over the next couple of days. I'm hoping to have it shot out Saturday or Sunday. So thanks for being patient for that. I just want to let people know I've been having a couple uploading issues with the podcast. So if you got all these crazy messages the other day, a few people told me they got seven notifications. I want to apologize for that. I was just having a whole bunch of challenges because I'd exceeded my bandwidth and it wasn't playing. So I kept re-uploading it and apparently it was just a bit of a gong show. So I've purchased more bandwidth. So I got a better system. So you shouldn't be getting all those notifications anymore. And again, I apologize for that. 
Well, I want to jump into the show. I am very excited to bring you my guest today. It is Saeed Abedini, is an Iranian-American Christian pastor, former Muslim, initially was incarcerated and sentenced to eight years in prison on what are the charges? Get this, undermining national security through religious gatherings in Christian homes in Iran. In other words, he was starting home churches and he got thrown in an Iranian prison. Just this year, he was released from prison. And he's had some time to settle back into life. It is such a pleasure to have him on the show today. Pastor Saeed, welcome, sir. It is a great pleasure to have you on the program. Yeah, thank you, Shua, for having you here. It's my pleasure, too. Well, so where I want to jump in is get into the incredible story of how you were imprisoned And then, of course, about your release, just such an incredible story. I would like you to tell the listeners what happened there. Uh, You know, I was it it was the 12th time I got arrested. So it wasn't the first time, you know, I've been arrested and been in interrogation so many times and in court. So it wasn't the first time. But I honestly, I thought it was going to be shorter and easier. This time took longer and it was really harder than all the other times. So. Since the first day, God put in my heart that he wants to use this uh, time of imprisonment for his glory and uh, give me opportunity to be testifying for him after that. So the whole three and a half years, I had this in my heart. And when the day came and I got free, I just praised Lord for uh, his faithfulness and his amazing plan that, you know, everything, every second of our life and everything that we go through because of his sake and his, you know, gospel, it's just, it's planned and everything is protected with him. So I just gave him glory. I never can forget that day that when they told me that you're going to be free. So it was amazing experience there. In mid-January 2013, it was actually reported that you would not only go on trial, but could face the death penalty. So talk about your initial arrest and those three years that you were in that prison. You know, my parents lives in a neighborhood in Iran that all of them are government officials and parliament members. So they know me from my childhood. You know, my dad was an imperial guard for Shah before the revolution happened to Iran. And then after that, I grew up in a kind of like neighborhood that all of them were uh, parliament members. So they knew. And my mom is a uh, relative to the Islam prophet Muhammad, which for the Muslim it's a, like a big thing, like a holy people. So they respect our fam- family as a like a kind of like a very good Muslim family, and I was very strong Muslim because of my mom. So I, I was there to go visit my family and start orphanage, and it was seven in the morning. That's interesting, actually. You know, they arrested me at seven in the morning and they led me to be free at seven in the morning after three and a half years. So. It was seven in the morning that the guards attacked to my parents' home, and it was like tens of them. They just entered with the guns, and then they took me to Evin Prison and solitary confinement in front of my, you know, my mom eyes, which was even harder for me to see, to see her that she's seeing me get arrested in front of her eyes. So they took me to a uh, solitary confinement and. The first six months, they just told me that you're gonna get, you're gonna be executed, because you made thousand thousand Muslim Christian, and you were a strong Muslim. You know, I was part of Hezbollah group wants to attack Israel, 
when I was just 14 years old, and I was a very strong Muslim. So they knew the Ba'ath story. So for them, I was like a very strong Muslim, and then turned to Christianity. And they didn't like it because they said, you you are making the Islam reputation, you know, at face to show a strong Muslim turn to Christianity. So they didn't like it. And they told me the first six months that you're going to get executed this time. And it's finished. But when I came back to my solitary confinement, you know, to myself, Lord put in my heart that, nope, never happens. And I have a plan and you're going to testify for me after you're going to be free. So that day came today. What an experience, though. What is that like, though, for a devout Christian? I mean, a former Muslim, that would make you such a target. Was there a lot of, I mean, can you get into some of the things that happened while you were in prison? After that, I just went from the solitary confinement to the uh, uh, public prison. I had the time to meet some of people that they have been uh, arrested as a spy for America. And most of them, they were so educated, very educated and genius people that they helped nuclear sites in Iran. And they find out that Iran government is accessing to the nuclear bomb. So they got worried for the, you know, peace of the world and million people's life, especially for Israeli. And then they passed the information to CIA and Iran government find it out and then they arrested them. So when I went to public prison and they find it out that I came from United States, they got so close to me because they love America a lot. And these people were the people that they became Christian with me the first year in prison. And uh, because they were so open to me, and then I had this opportunity to talk about gospel with them. All of them, they gave their heart to Jesus. And we've been together. We had even communion in a prison together, but we hide ourselves from under, you know, cameras because we've been under cameras all day. So it was an amazing time that how Holy Spirit lead us to pray that the guards pray together and have Bible study there that the guards can find it. So you had amazing experiences spiritually in a prison that I never had, you know, this experience before in my life. Iranian authorities obviously are very anti-Christian. You've got Muhammad Abedinejad that's, of course, was really cracking down. So here you have you involved with starting house churches. I mean, it really would be hard just to start these this house church movement when right. you're, you know when you're constantly being watched. How hard is that? Yeah, you know, you need to know that Sheila that the parents, my parents' home is neighbor wall-to-wall with the counselor of Ahmadinejad, Fatima Aliyah, that she was a parliament member when Ahmadinejad was president. Uh, Her house is just like neighbor wall-to-wall to to my parents' house. And my parents' house was a place that I met my pastors, you know, as, you know, first time that I start house churches. So all of the pastors, they came to my parents' house and we met each other and we start singing and worshiping and they could hear us. So, and when we put like a Christmas tree behind the window, they could see it. So they find it out. Actually, Fatima Aliyah, she's still a member of parliament in Iran. She find it out we all became Christian. You know, first I became Christian and then my sisters, Zizi and Elas. And then after that, my parents, all whole family, even my mom, which she was a very strong Muslim teacher of mosque. And she turned to Christ. She met Jesus face to face. And then they find it out that we are worshiping and we calling Jesus' name as a Lord and Savior. And every week they could hear us because, you know, like tens of people came to our home and we worship together. We have Bible study. We pray for them. 
And they find it out. And then she said to the neighborhood, you know, they became Christian. We need to kill them. So she was the person that took me to court 12 years ago and forced me to escape from Iran, come to United States. I knew that this time it's a very, you know, huge threat because he was like a right hand of President Ahmadinejad. She, she was when Ahmadinejad came to New York, she came with her. She was always on TV with her. And so it was kind of like very uh, serious threat. And then I just left Iran to Dubai and Turkey and came to the United States 12 years ago. So she is still, you know, still there. She knows we became Christian. She took me to court. And because of that, my case went in two different kinds in a high level of government official in Iran and then later in the United States and then whole, the whole world. And then I knew God is using this opportunity to share the gospel even among leadership in Islamic Republic of Iran and Muslim leader. And all of them, they knew me from my childhood and they knew my family pretty well and so then they saw this huge turn from Islam to Christianity and then I became a pastor and then I started the largest church in Iran Christianity history and they were watching it they could process the whole and monitor the whole process so uh, that was a good time actually I believe that God used uh, my faith and my salvation to reach you know very hardliner Muslim in Iran especially in a politic in Iran. And yeah. now all of them, they know that the Muslim turned to Christ and met Jesus. And Jesus told him, I'm going to come back soon, go to preach my gospel. So uh, that was opportunity that God used, uh, you know, gave me to use for preaching his gospel among official in Iran. And I think across the world now today after, you know, getting free and being in prison and my story on media. So, I mean, here's a devout Muslim. You live in the belly of the beast here. So how did you become a Christian, Saeed? I was a strong Muslim, and I was always praying namaz, reading Quran, like a very strong Muslim. I can tell I didn't see any young, you know, man like me, 20 years old, pray and fast and read Quran like as I did, you know. So I was a very strong Muslim. I started the mosque in that neighborhood that I was talking about and kind of like leading, you know, Muslim there. And then I felt in love with a girl that she was Christian and she was a Syrian. I felt in love and then she left me, she came to US and I got depression. So I start doubting my faith because I was praying to God and then I saw every time that I pray to God, there is no answer coming back from God. It seems that God is the dead God seems it's not real it's not alive so i went to the church that time it was a church assemblies of god church in that time in iran that they had established before revolution happened and then i went to that church with actually that girl that my girlfriend you know told me that there is assemblies of god church and they speak in persian our language so i went there and the pastor said jesus is lord and i was like oh no, that's not true. Jesus is not Lord. Jesus is a prophet. You know, Muslim, they believe Jesus is a holy person, but Jesus is just a prophet. He's not Lord or Son of God, and they call it blasphemy. So I said, no, this is not true, and I'm going to kill that pastor because I had the perception I want to kill myself. So I said, I'm going to kill that pastor before I kill myself, wow. and I'm going to go to heaven so I can continue this life. So I made the decision to kill that pastor the same night that he told me in a church 
in his sermon that Jesus is Lord and Savior and God wants to talk to you. And I, as a Muslim, I didn't believe God talked to people and human. And, you know, Muslim believes the last person that God spoke to was Prophet Muhammad of Islam. And after that, God never speak to anyone because people are unholy and God is holy. So God, which is holy, he never can talk, you know, speak with the sinners. So, you know, after I left the church, I'm kind of like a serious guy. You know, when I make a decision, I just made it happen, you know. <laughs> so I just try to focus on it and make that plan happen and kill that pastor. And then I saw I cannot focus on it. Then I was just like, Lord, I, why I cannot focus? This is a good decision. It's according to Goran and that's blasphemy. But I couldn't focus. And then I start crying and I couldn't stop my tear and I couldn't stop my crying. From the church to my parents' house, which is, was like in the north of Tehran, it was like five, six hours walking, and I just started walking. I didn't take a taxi, and I just started walking, and I was just crying and crying for five, six hours. My whole T-shirt, you know, got wet because of my tear. And I was so confused, and I said, God, which one is really true? Islam or Christianity, Quran or Bible? Right now, both of them seem so wrong to me. You know, Muslims always fight with each other, kill each other, jihad, it's bloodshed everywhere. And there is no peace in that religion. And when you read, you know, I was reading Goran in our language and was just talking about hating Christian, hating Jews. And the God that you see in Islam, it's God of hate. And it seems so evil to me. Even when I was Muslim, I was like, why this God is so angry? Why it just wants to punish people? I don't understand it. These are good people. I love them. And you just, but I was like, this is the God's command. So we need to do that, you know. And then when I read the Bible, it was like, oh, look at this. They just say a prophet, a human is a god. They worship a human as a god. They like a, some, you know, in old, you know, in history, you see that some people, they worship cows or animals or some kings. Now they're just worshiping a human as a god. And this is wrong, too. So that time, actually, that night, it was interesting for me. Both of them seemed so wrong to me. And I was like, okay, this religion are so crazy. <laughs> Both of them are wrong. And people like that should follow each of them. So I just arrived to my room and I sit on my bed. I would just knee down and got Bible in one hand and go around in the other hand. I just knee down and start crying to God. And that was my first pure and honest pray, not like namaz that I did all the time to God and just begging God with the tears and crying, Sheila. I was like, Lord, please show me which one is true. And I was so tired, you know, <laughs> I had a hard day and crying, just imagine six hours. I know the, you know, girl, woman cry sometimes five, six hours, but not me. <laughs> so it was my first time, you know, crying six hours. I was I losing my whole energy. And I was like, oh, my God, I just, I can't, I just slip. And it was two in the midnight. I heard a voice called my name like that. Said, Said, I'm coming back soon, coming back soon. Go to preach my gospel, my gospel, my gospel. And I woke up, looked around. I was like, what was that voice? You know, my brother was, you know, sleeping in the same room in other bed. And I was like, he's sleeping. So probably that was a dream. I saw a dream. I had a hard day so people see dreams i was like okay i sleep 
So I just slept. And two hours after that, again, voice called my name, said, I'm coming back soon, go to preach my gospel. And I woke up and I was like, okay. I had depression because I felt in love with that girl. She left me. I got depression. I want to kill my soul. And then I went to church. That pastor said, God wants to talk to you. It's like his schizophrenia. So that depression turned to schizophrenia. And I got a psycho. <laughs> I need to go to psychiatric doctor tomorrow. So I got psycho. <laughs> and then I was like, okay, for sure, I'm going to go to a psychiatric doctor tomorrow. Because it was so real to me. I heard that voice, Sheila. And then I slept. And like two hours after that, like four in the morning, I heard a voice again. Said, I'm coming back soon. Go to preach my gospel. And I heard like a huge voice, like a bomb shaking my room. Wow. And I woke up and I saw a huge light in the room, which was like million times more shining than sun. I felt the strong presence of Lord on me. It was so heavy. It was so strong that I never, ever experienced it before in my life, in my all praying namaz and other prayer that I had. This light was so shiny, I couldn't look inside the light. And the voice called, you know, again said to me, Said, I'm coming back soon to go preach my gospel. And then I find it out, this is Lord, you know, something strong. This is, this is the one who created me. I was so scared I couldn't handle this strong present. And then because of that, I said, Amen. And then when I said, Amen, I fell down like a dead person in my bed and went to sleep. I could say like in a second, my whole t-shirt got wet, you know, sweating because I was so scared. And it was so amazing, you know, still every time that I talk about that meeting, you know, it's just like, it was so strong. And then and the day after that, when I woke up, I was someone else. And I knew how God and can be God and human in one person as Jesus Christ, as our Lord and Savior, who went on the cross and paid the punishment of our sin. Then we can just be saved today by just believing in Him and what He did for us on the cross. So the day after that, I was someone else. And I saw I don't hate that pastor. That pastor became my pastor. He baptized me later. Wow. And I went to that church. And then I saw I don't hate Israel anymore. I'm just, you know, I'm very pro-Israel today. I just love the Christian. Then I just obeyed that command that God humble himself, came to my room, you know, that's amazing, and just went to the street, parks, university, started sharing the gospel with everyone that I saw. Do you know what happened, Sheila? What happened? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. You know, I was like, that's Iran, you know, no one turned to Christ, and people, they start making fun of me, beating me, and threatening me. It was like, no one likes it. And they just like, most of them, they said, yeah, that's the second time that you heard that voice, and you felt, you find it out, you're psycho. That's, that's the only correct part of the story. <laughs> you're psycho. <laughs> and I just came back to my room and start praying, Lord. This is not America. This is not the Western world. This is Iran. These people, they think they have the most completest religion as Islam. They don't believe me. But Holy Spirit pulled in my heart, just don't give up. And don't give up. Just keep continuing. And that's my message for listeners tonight. Don't give up when you are doing God's kingdom and God's work. And then I just went and started sharing and sharing. After two months, three, four, five people turned to Christ. We didn't have a place together. We didn't have any Bible. We didn't have any teaching. We didn't have any pastor, any teacher. So 
God put in my heart to gather in a park every night for a year to pray from 12 in the midnight to 7 in the morning for God's kingdom come to Iran. And I got a golden verse that says, seek the kingdom of God and everything going to be added to you. And I just write it down, put it on my bed. I said, God, I'm going to dedicate my life to this verse. And I believe you're going to add everything to it. So I just went to the park with these four or five people, with these new believers. And we start praying for Iran, that God's kingdom come to Iran for a year. And then I saw five people turn to 50, 500, 5,000. Like I start like yeah, underground churches in 30 cities. All over Iran, that no churches has been there. It became the largest church in Iran Christianity history. Well, praise God, because I'll tell you, from a guy that was one night going to kill a pastor to getting saved by Jesus the same night, that's that's a pretty powerful testimony. And it's also very powerful, the fact that in this very Islamic nation, you've been able to do so much incredible ministry, preaching the gospel, what an incredible story. And, of course, you see a lot of Muslims flooding in. Now you're located in the United States, obviously. You see the the flooding of Muslim immigrants. What are your feelings on that, Saeed? Uh, you know, I, I, I saw that, especially when the candidate were trying to be president, we heard this so many people, they use this verse that love your neighbors and then love your immigrants. I believe, yeah, we sh- that's a command from Bible. It's all about love. We need to love them. And I'm an immigrant, you know, and so we need to love them. But I believe we are living in a very serious and important time. And, you know, if you like at my Facebook, all the time I'm sharing things about Islam and Christianity. And I believe we are in a war right now. Since after September 11th, there is a war between Christianity and Islam. Yeah. Even if some of the politicians, they don't want to declare it, they don't want to talk about it. But that's the war, you know, and it has been started. And you, we can see, you know, the rise of Islam in Middle East right now. It's so strong. We never had it in history of Islam before like that. So we are living in a very serious time. And all, we see all these terrorist attack recently. Like they just like every day, every week, you see that they just start some way of new, you know, like fighting with us, like like firing the forest, you know, yeah. what they did in Israel and U.S. You know, it's like we are living, you know, in a time that there is a war. And so I think our security comes first. We need to protect our country right now. And this is a wrong idea that we want to bring like 120,000 Syrian Syrian refugees to U.S. Just imagine like 1% of them be ISIS soldiers. So we're going to bring like, bring like 100,000 ISIS fighters and soldiers into the American soil. And they can do more <laughs> than what they are doing right now. So I think we need to be wise. I'm not, a, you know, I'm not happy and I'm not agree with just coming of all Muslim immigrants to United States at its, its time because of the security. Yeah, we can love them. And I believe, you know, this rise of Islam that we see in Middle East, if we don't reach them there and we don't stop them there in Middle East, they're going to reach us here and in American soul. And if we don't reach them with the love of God in gospel there, they're going to reach us here with their love of Allah, which is jihad here. Well, yeah, you know, and it's not politically correct to say this, but Islam is very satanic. It's got that raging antichrist spirit, spirit of death, 
very devilish. And, you know, people say, oh, Islam is a religion of peace. Yeah, a piece of a dead body here, a piece of a dead body there. Some politically correct people get very upset when I say that. But Saeed, it's far from a peaceful religion. It is not a religion of peace, is it? No, no. I just say as a very, you know, ex-Muslim, very strong ex-Muslim, I can just say Islam is completely satanic. You know, people in Western world, they need to know we have two different kind of verses in Quran. Verses that the, that the Muslim prophet Muhammad said his God talked to him when he was in Medina and when he was in Mecca. So these two cities, the verses that he writes and he said God talked to him in Quran is very different from each other, like a black and white. When he was in, in Mecca, he was so weak. He just started his... Uh, ministry, you know, to creating Islam and followers. So he always speak about loving Christians, loving Jews, respecting parents, like even about human rights for the women, girls, things like that. And it was just like talking about love. And you can see some verses in Quran about love and respect and peace. So when you talk to some Muslim and they said, yeah, we are peaceful, they're referring to that verses in Quran, which we call them like verses from Mecca. But there is another verses that their God spoke to Muhammad when he was in Medina. And when he was in Medina, he, he was so strong. As an army, he was so strong. And then we see his messages turns from his God. You know, his messages is turns from love and respect and peace to fight and jihad and hate Muslim Jews, Israel, and making the whole world Muslim. So if you go to countries like Iran, you see that... The leaders there that are using this, like Mecca's verses, that is talking about jihad, stopping U.S., attacking Israel, things like that. But when the Muslims evangelists or Muslim missionaries come to the Western world, they always talk about love, respect, peace, because they want to get more attention, more support, more people, make them Muslim, and then. When they became more strong Muslim, then they focus on the verses is talking about jihad and killing Jews, Muslim, and making the whole world Muslim. You need to know that the Quran and the Muslim wants to make the whole world Muslim. Wow. And when they want to make the whole world Muslim, they have this permission from their God to kill people who refuse to become Muslim. So because of that, you see like ISIS, you know, or Islamic Republic of Iran or other countries, doesn't matter, or Sunnis or Shias, both of them, they have this permission to kill people, even if they, when they reject this uh, message of Islam. So that's the plan. I know I grew up there. I was one of them. I've been trained to go to Israel and do something there. So I know these verses that they taught us, you know, when I was in school, when I was just 14 years old. You know, just imagine, 14 years old, they teach us how to use guns, and they gave me a mission to go to Tel Aviv and live there for 10 years, and then they're going to tell me what's going to be my next mission. So that's the mindset of Muslim. But some Muslim that they grew up in the Western world, and they try to be modernized, they think different. And they say, like, Islam is a peaceful religion. We love Christian. We live Jew. We we live with the Jews in a one place. We don't have any problem with them. But this is a new religion. This is not Islam anymore. That's a religion that they made in a modern world, and they t- try to call it Islam because Islam it's the religion that has been built up and made with the book of Islam, which is Quran. 
So when you go and read Quran, there is so many verses. So about there's just jihad, killing Jews, Muslim, you know, needs to just win the whole world for Allah, Islam world. So make the whole world Muslim. So this is the thing that they are trying to cut from the Quran or just not, not highlight it from their teaching. Then this is a new religion. This is not anymore Islam, but they just call it it's Islam and it's peaceful. That's not. That's a new religion that they made it because Quran doesn't support it. Yeah, so essentially these westernized Muslims, they're not following true Islam. They're making their own thing up as they go, saying it's peaceful. Yeah, that makes sense. And a lot of people just say out of ignorance, oh, it's just because one is Sunni, one is Shiite, right? Yeah, you know, uh, Sunnis are like starting from Saudi Arabia. When Saudi Arabia, you know, when the Muhammad attacked Iran and Persia Empire was like the most strongest empire in that time, got defeated with the Muslim, and then they brought Islam to Iran. You know, Iran was 70% were Christian one day. And we have a very strong churches in Iran. The first theology university, Christian theology university, was in a city of Neshabur in Iran. And it was the first university of the Christian world. So 70% of the population were Christian. And Tumas, one of the disciples from Jesus, came to Iran, evangelized it, and then he went to India. His grave is in Chennai, India. So, so many churches, and the churches were strong there. But when the Muslim attacked, they start killing all of them, the same way that ISIS is killing the Christian. It's very bloody, very bad, and very graphic. So, and after that, you know, the whole country became Muslim because they said to people, you became Muslim or not? Just yes and no. No explanation. No giving time. You know, they never teach Quran to them. They just said, do you become Muslim or not? If they said yes, they let them to leave. If not, they kill them. And then after that, you know, because Iranian or Persian, they have kind of like a pride of their history, like a Persia. Then they try to create their own religion. So they start their theology and they start Shia. So if you talk with the Sunnis, they don't believe Shias are Muslim, you oh. know, because of that. You see the fight between ISIS and in Iraq with Shias, which they are Sunnis and Shias. So they don't believe it. So they started a new religion called Shia, but still they call themselves uh, Muslim. So there is so many different things in their theology, like Shias believes in miracle. They, they believe that 12 Imam of Islam is going to come back and they're going to punish the whole world. And they, they have like some spiritual gift. They believe in vision. But the Sunnis, they more focus on the book of Quran. So they have the uh, like 80% of the population of the Muslim. So very different. And right now, most of the Sunnis, they don't believe Shias are Muslim, but Shias, most of them, they believe Sunnis are, are Muslim, but they have the rejection from the Sunnis. And their teaching is about the 12 Imam, the Shias, they believe these 12 Imam are holy, like Jesus, which they believe is holy, but the Sunnis, they don't believe they are holy, so they believe they are sinners, but chosen by God to lead the islam in that time there are so many differences between them that now you can see the fight between these two group in iraq and syria and in, in iran sunnis believe khalifa or caliphate you know that's baghdadi in isis right now but the shias they don't believe to khalifa 
they they have something that like we have in Iran, like supreme leader of Iran, which Ayatollah Khamenei is one of them, and they call them Akhund or Mullahs. They are chosen by God and they have authority from God and their word is like God. So everyone that say bad thing or say something disrespectful about him or doesn't obey him can even be killed because it's fighting with God. So these people are in Islam world, doesn't matter they are Sunnis or Shias like Khalifa or Supreme Leader of Iran, Ayatollah Khamenei. Both of them, they have a so much strong authority from God that even anything is going to be against them it's going to be means it's going to be against God so because of that they're going to get uh, their soldier or follower punishment of permission of killing uh, other people that they do something against them just very quickly I've always been curious what is the difference between the hadith and the Quran hadith uh, is uh, you know we have Quran which is word of God for Muslim but hadith is the stories that other followers, you know, when they were in the time of Muhammad and after that, they talk about some stories or some teaching or doctrine of Islam. So it doesn't have the authority as Goran has, but it's very, it's very uh, important for both of them, you know. And most, I think Sunnis, they believe to hadith more than Shias. You know, if you talk with so many Shias, they don't even know what he's talking about. But <laughs> uh, some of the Muslims, they believe it's like just close to just Quran. So it's very important for them. You know, Sheila, and you need to know that everything that Islam brings still today brings it. It's a copying from the Old Testament and New Testament. So the Muslim leader and the Prophet Muhammad, you know, we know that God never spoke to them because this is not the character of God that we know in history he revealed himself to human in Israel, you know, from the time that from the Noah and then Abraham and then Moses to Jesus. This is not the character of God that we see. It's love and care for people, gracious and just talking about love your enemies and this thing. But when we see that everything is just copying from the Old Testament and New Testament. But you can see they start talking about the like a teaching of New Testament, which is about love and respect first. And then they use the Old Testament at the bottom of their book, which is like about talking about jihad and hate your enemies and, and you know, can you can kill the enemies of God, like kind of like what we see in the Bible. In Old Testament, we see that Israel, you know, gets some command to kill people who are not from Israel or worship idols, right? Jesus comes and is talking about love and grace and kind of like we see that the God is kind of like more gracious and he shows face of uh, more loving and respecting the same God. But they just position these uh, verses in their book. So everything is just copying from the Bible. So we see in Old Testament some kind of like lifestyle or like a Sharia that we see in Old Testament. They copy for themselves and make Sharia from law. You know, it's like like a Sharia law for themselves. So everything is kind of like copying from the Old Testament or New Testament, but in the wrong way. We don't you don't see cross in it, and you don't see that uh, that uh, revelation that God started from Israel then goes to the you know Muslim prophet Muhammad. Yeah, it's like a sick, twisted perversion. Take something God made and then twist it and pervert it and 
you know, we know the enemy is really brilliant at counterfeiting everything God does. So again, it's just really you've shed some light on how perverted essentially their religion is. It's just completely the flipping of the true gospel and make it about death and killing and hate and just pure devilish, isn't it? And sadly, millions of people that are duped by this very antichrist religion. And thanks to your ministry, tens of thousands of Muslims have converted to Christianity. So that's just amazing. And in the waning moments, I know you have limited time. Do give out your information site on how people can get in touch with you and your ministry. Yeah, I have a ministry called Side Ministries, and you can just find it on searching pastorsideministries.com. And my ministry goal is awaking the Christians, standing with Israel, and reaching Muslims. And I believe we are living in a time that million, million of Muslims going to turn to Christ. We see the rise of Islam on media, on news in Middle East, but the media never covers the good things. You know, they always talk about negative things, blood, killing, bomb, things. But they never talk about the peop- how many people they get salvation, get saved, they get healed. And it's happening under skin of these countries, you know. And I just read the article from CBN yesterday that said, Three million Muslim in Iran turned to Christ. Wow. So we, I believe that million and million Muslim going to turn to Christ because we are living in the last days. In the last day, mo- mo- many, many people are going to turn to Christ from Iran. Iran is the only country in the Middle East which is not Arab. They are Persian. And then after this Persian turned to Christ, then Arabs going to turn to Christ. And then after Arabs turn to Christ, you know, the Jews going to come back to because it's according to prophecies Bible before Jesus comes back in the last days. So so we believe we are very getting close. You know, as Jesus told me face to face, I'm coming back soon. Go to preach my gospel. We are living in the last days. So I believe million, million of Muslims going to turn to Christ. I started a, a TV program preaching the gospel from here to Iran with TBN Persia, which million Iranians can watch it every week. So I'm just preaching the book of Ephesians right now for them in 22 sessions and in programs. So all Iranians, they have satellites, which is illegal in Iran, but 98% of Iranians, they have satellites, access to satellites. So they can all, they can receive the signal of this uh, broadcasting from here which is about, you know, evangelism and sharing the gospel with these people. And uh, I believe very soon we're going to see million, million Muslim turn to Christ in Middle East. Wow, that's incredible how many people you're reaching. I mean, you went through such horrible persecution. Jesus really said, if you love me, you will be persecuted. So I really appreciate everything that you've been through that has led up to now and the fact that you're preaching God's word. So incredible how many Muslims are coming to Jesus Christ. And you're right, you never hear that much on the media, but it is really exciting. And I really appreciate your ministry. And thank you so much for everything you do, Saeed. Thank you. And I need people pray for me that God's open more door to preach the gospel and for this, uh, you know, anointing for this uh, TV programs. And anyone that who wants to support this ministry, they can go to my website and donate there. But most of more than anything, we need people pray for the situation there because it's so dark there, you know, and it's a spiritual fight. So we need uh, strength of God. And I believe, you know, we're going to see a glorious future for these countries, how people are going to turn to Christ. 
Mm, amen to that. Folks, that was Saeed Abedini. His information is linked there today on the Wednesday, December 7th bio. Do reach out to him and let him know you heard him on the program. What a great show. I want to remind everyone that I'm sending out my e-newsletter. I'm a little bit late for December, so do sign up. It's free, and I do send out e-alerts, etc. I'm going to be doing a lot more things with that. Especially do subscribe to my YouTube channel and Twitter and Facebook. We're doing a fantastic draw for 25 books. That's a combination of green gospel and power prayers personally signed to the winners. We've got some software that generates names. As soon as you subscribe to my YouTube, your name automatically gets entered into a draw for one of 25 books this month, and we're going to continue that into the new year. Thank you so much for tuning into the broadcast today. We will see you tomorrow. Good night, and God bless you.